Well, good morning, all shore. So good to be here with you today. Uh, I want to welcome you and invite you to stand with us if you're here with us in person. We're just going to open up with some worship this morning. And I just want to pray for us before we get into it. God, we come before you in this place, Lord, and online, and we just invite your Holy Spirit to do what he wants to, Lord, as we surrender our hearts before you. God, we just are asking, Lord, Holy Spirit, fill us fresh and new in this place, whatever we need. God, however we need to hear from you today, Lord, we just pray with an openness, inviting your spirit to do what he wants to. Let's worship together. Oh, you. 
We know that today is a day that can be filled with joy and with gladness. And we also know that today can be a day of grief and of loss. And scripture encourages us. It says, when the cares of our heart are many, God's consolations to our soul. And whatever you stand in the need of today, God's here and he's present. And we just want to pray a special blessing over moms today. If you're a mom, if you would just take a seat. And if you're near mom, would you just extend a hand as we pray over those moms, both here and online. Come on, church, let's pray together. God, we look to you, and we do pray for every pregnant mother who still cradles her little ones safe inside, for every mother of little ones who have never had a moment alone, for every mother of grown ones who misses the commotion we pray for you today. For everyone who has stood beside a hospital bed and for everyone who still tucks a child into bed at night, for everyone who has brought a child to baptism and for everyone who has stood at a graveside, for everyone affected by an abortion and for everyone who rejoices in the gift of adoption, we pray for you today. For the one who is heartbroken by another negative pregnancy test, 
and for the one who wonders how to feed another mouth, for every grandmother raising her grandchildren, and for every young mother doing it on her own, for the single mom pinching pennies, and for the stay-at-home mom who's counting the cost, we pray for you today. For every woman who longs for a child, for every woman who prays for a child, for every woman who loves a child, we pray for you today. For every woman who's single, every woman who's married, every woman who prays for a child, who's with child or over a child, for every woman, precious and beloved in God's sight, we pray for you today. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. And amen. Well, if you're still standing, you can take a seat. There are so many things that we could say about moms. There are so many things that we could thank moms for. But who better to say it than the kids themselves? So take a look at the screen for what's next. that she is always nice and amazing and a great cook. She is smart, compassionate. Mm, she makes good food. I like when she plays with me. She helps me when I feel upset. I like that my mom is funny and she works really hard. But she's, she's nice and funny and will play Uno with me. She's kind and helpful. She always tries to do what's best for me. She's just there for me a lot and I can talk to her. She takes time with us, even if we get mad a lot. She walks me to school. I like to go fishing with my mom. Um, my mom and I, we make Chick-fil-A bowls together. One where we're bored and we play catch. I like reading with my mom and I like playing on the trampoline with my mom. My mom plays with me. She gives me food. Play Plants vs. Zombies. Get donuts. I like telling jokes with her. We'll go to malls because she she's my mom and she likes malls. We sometimes we go and watch like movie nights and stuff. Hugging her and snuggling her. My mom put in my ABC. My mom taught me to be nice with um with your friends if even though if your friends are being mean to you. It's okay to make a mistake. My mom really helped me with my calligraphy and how to spell words. Like, I used to spell awesome. A-S-U-M. To be nice and respectful, not just to say you don't like somebody's hair or things like that. My mom has taught me how to tie a fishing hook about getting mad. We're crazy. Stop and listen. Um, it's like a dance. It's called the cha-cha slide. We're working on it. Can you nice and not steal? My mom taught me how to swim and how to tie my shoes. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Come on, we can do better than that. Can you give it up for the moms? We love you. There is some wisdom in that video. Moms like malls. 
it has been said. Our family is working on the cha-cha slide, just in case you're curious. Moms, we just want to say thank you. Thank you, and thank you for all of you just for spending this weekend with us. We're so excited that you're here. Want to give a shout out to those of you who are new. If you're here for the first time today, if you're watching online, we just want to say welcome. We hope you feel right at home. We would love to connect with you. The way that we do that is through our connection card. You can find that online at allshores.org or there should be a QR code in front of you that you can um, point your phone at and it'll take you there as well. Um, if you're new, if you're a first time, we have a gift that we would love to put in your hands. It's at what we call Connection Point. Um, there's a table in the lobby. We'd love to give that to you um, before you leave. This is also the time in the service where we give back to God. We call it our offering back to God. And we really do see this as an act of worship. Uh, just as much as singing or praying or diving into God's word, this is where we just thank God for everything that he's given us and where we give back to him. And so if you came prepared to give today, um, the ways on the screen or the ways to give should be on the screen behind me or um, there's a box um, in the lobby as well. But we just want to say thank you so much for your generosity as we continue to be the hands and feet of God, both in our community and around the world. And a little update, we um, are voting on the next year's budget for our church. So our church year runs from June through May. And so a new one is coming up. And so we're going to um, have an opportunity to vote um, and see more about that budget on May 22nd. But there's information in the lobby today um, if you want to grab that on your way out, just so you know what's going on. Well, we're in the midst of a series called Resurrecting Now, coming out of Easter, and this is week three. And so why don't we turn our eyes to the screen for what comes next? My name is Lori Juries, and I've been attending All Shores for just over three years now. So I was going to All Shores for quite a while and um, wanted to serve more and decided to serve in the children's ministry. And through that, I was um, intrigued to work on attending the journey. Even though it seemed a little mysterious, I still wanted to try it. It really challenged me to, to share my faith more and to be more authentic in what I believed and be more open about it. So I feel like it's a small investment with uh, great rewards in the end. I would just do it. And you get to meet lots of fun people. Hey church, our summer semester for groups launch Sunday, June 5th. Our online directory goes live the Sunday before over Memorial Day weekend, which means that if you're wanting to join a group, you'll have a week to email group leaders, ask about their group, and hopefully get plugged in. We say that our groups are free market, which means that you can start a group almost around anything. If you're passionate about something, if you want to um, include other people, it can probably be a group. Uh, we know that good things happen when people get together and build a relationship with each other. So whether you're wanting to go through um, a book, whether you're wanting to do an activity every week, whether you're wanting to go deep with a few people, or whether you're wanting to meet a lot of new friends, our groups are as diverse as we are. Here's what we know. Life is a team sport. That we can't do this thing alone. That we are better together. And so whether you're wanting to lead a group, launch a group, whether you're wanting to join a group, we would love to help you get plugged into the right place for you. And so go to allshores.org slash groups or email groups at allshores.org today.
Well, good morning again and happy Mother's Day. I want to welcome those who are joining us online and I think my mom might be watching. So mom, happy Mother's Day. I'll call you later. Um, <clears throat> now's not a good time. But uh, we are glad that you are here today. And as Evan uh, has said, we are in week three of this series on resurrection now. And it's based on this idea that, uh, and it's not our idea, it's biblical. Jesus rose from the grave, right? Amen. Yeah. That's why we worship on Sundays, right? Sabbath used to be on Saturday. Jesus rose on a Sunday, and the early church said, we should celebrate that. And so we worship on Sundays because Jesus rose from the dead. And because Jesus rose from the dead, he gave us new life. We have a resurrection life that we get to live into because of Jesus. And so we're walking through Romans 8, and we'll get to that in just a little bit, talking about this, this resurrection life that you and I have. And so we just want to pray and ask God to meet us as we get into the text today. So just bow your heads, and in a moment of quiet, just ask God to prepare you to hear what he has for you. The grass withers and the flower fades, but your word endures forever. And God, we are so grateful that we get to open up your word and the same spirit that breathes life into this word into this text, Lord, is the same spirit, your spirit, that's here among us. So I pray that you would make it come alive for us today, Lord, and uh, that we would hear from you. If there's anything that's of me, I pray that it would just be fall to the ground and be forgotten. But whatever you have for us, Lord, I, whether it's a challenge, a conviction, encouragement, uh, Lord, that we would receive that from you today. And so we just want to be open to hearing from you. And so, Lord, we just open up our hearts and minds to you now, in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, my wife and I had a fun weekend. Uh, we, we went down to Indianapolis uh, Friday, and uh, I've been planning this since January, but we, uh, this is at the beginning of the Indy Mini. We ran the Mini Marathon yesterday morning, so about this time... Yeah, I was done about this time. So anyway, this was us before the race downtown Indianapolis with the Capitol building, and we were enjoying ourselves. We, had, we were supporting our West Michigan plaid. Um, partway through, when things got a little bit warmer, we, we took these shirts off. But uh, So this was before the race, all excited, 13.1 miles. Uh, and this was us after the race. And uh, yeah, no, we, we finished. So uh, it wasn't my best time, but it wasn't my worst time. Um, but you don't just wake up uh, one morning and decide, hey, I'm going to run 13 miles. Some of you might, but it's probably not a good idea. Like your body would not love that. So I've been training since January, did more than 250 miles to train for this. Leading up to it, that's a lot of miles. And I can tell you this morning, I feel it. Um, but you don't just enter in to a half marathon or a marathon, you, uh, you work up to it. All that to say the transition, I, I did 250 miles for this transition. We are into week three of the series, and if you're jumping in today, it'll make some sense to you, but you're gonna wanna go back. You're gonna wanna hear the other messages preceding this. It will help you, it'll be more pleasurable, it'll make more sense. And uh, we want you to participate in this series. So I'm just going to give you a little background, kind of a training, catch you up to speed. Uh, this, this series is Resurrection Now, 
It's this idea that we live into this new life that Jesus has for us. And week one, we kind of built the foundation, if you will. Pete was using this illustration that there's a foundation that we are building for this new life. And the first foundation is that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's what Romans 8.1 says. No condemnation for those who have received Jesus Christ. Which means that no matter what you've done in your past, God has wiped that out that you don't have anything to prove to God. There is nothing to gain, nothing to lose, and nothing to prove. You get to receive this new life from God. That's the foundation on which we build. And then last week, Pete kind of did the structure, if you will, of this new life, where we talked about the fact that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives in you. And because his spirit now lives in you, you can fight against that flesh versus spirit. And, and Paul uses these terms, flesh, spirit. This old way of life, the law, living up to these expectations, and this new way of living. And if you have the spirit in you, we said the people of the spirit are learning to rely on him fully dependent. It's that battle that goes on in us when it comes to, should I just live the way I used to live, or do I live into this new life? If you have the Holy Spirit living in you, which we do, then we live into that new life by learning to lean on him, learning to trust him all the time. And we're going to kind of put the finishing touches, if you will, on this house today of this life uh, in week three as we talk about identity and destiny, that we all have an identity and a destiny and I think that that helps us to understand who we are in Christ and what that life is like. And when I was thinking about identity and destiny, I was thinking about our college grads because several uh, of you probably have attended uh, college graduation over the last couple of weeks. I know I talked with someone first hour who had a graduation yesterday. Do we have any college grads uh, recently? Anyone in here? None of you all went to school. Okay, so... Um, but uh, it's that time of year, isn't it? And we, we, we have all these graduations. And if, if you remember when you graduated or you've been to one of these, you know all the questions that get asked to the graduates, right? We all have an aunt who asks the same questions, right? Well, it's congratulations. Where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Who are you going to work for? Where are you going to live? That, your parents want to know that too. Uh, who are you going to date? Who are you going to marry, right? All of these questions, right? And they're just trying to figure it out. They just were hoping they could graduate, and now they've got all these questions uh, that we're all wanting to know. And if it's not just the college graduates, it's the high school graduates that are coming up as well, right? They're entering in, and the same similar questions. Are you going to go to college? What college are you going to go to? What degree are you going to get? Where are you going to live? Who are you going to date? Who are you going to marry, right? It's all these things that, that we ask and that we want to know. And students are wrestling. They're struggling. They're like, they want to know, is, are all the answers to those, is, is that who I am? And you can, you can understand. I can understand why students today, college graduates today, they struggle with identity of who they are because we've wrapped everything into your identity in the things that you accomplished, the success that you've had, who you've married, where you live, what degree you have, and that becomes our identity. And so students struggle because they don't know that yet, and I don't know that that's where we should get our identity in the first place. 
And we're not immune to that as adults. It's not just the students. My wife is changing jobs starting in June. We've had these questions. Should I work here? Should I not work here? Should I work someplace else? Should I do something else? What is my job? What is my career? Where are we gonna live, right? It's all of those things. And people, we, we wrap up our identity into all of these answers to these questions, and we wrestle with that. It creates a level, I think, of fear that we're not going to get it right. What if I make the wrong decision? What if I fail? What if I move here and it don't work? It's bad grammar, by the way. But we, we worry about and we fear getting it wrong. And so we live our lives this way all the time, just wrestling with that whole idea. And I wonder if there isn't an identity and a destiny, church, that we have that is so superior to all of those things, to the answers to those questions, that those things become less relevant than what it is that we have in Christ. That if our identity in Christ, if our identity and who we are wrapped up in who God is, if we get that right, those other things become less important. And we're free from that fear, free from that anxiety. And we allow ourselves to live into this new life that God has for us. I think... Paul wants to give us what that is. Paul wants to remind us that because of the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, because of this resurrection now, this life that we have, that there's something more, something superior to all of these things. And so we're going to turn to Romans 8, beginning with, chapter tw or beginning with verse 12. And Paul says this, Therefore, let me stop. My professors used to tell me, when you see a therefore, figure out what it's there for. That'll help, right? Well, first of all, let's go back. Paul is writing. Paul is an apostle sent out by Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, not to Jews, but to the Gentiles. He's writing to a Roman church that is mixed with Jews and Gentiles, and they're trying to figure out this new life and what it looks like. And in the preceding verses, Paul has told the church, listen, you have the Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is now living in you. Therefore, all right, so we're caught up. Therefore, now that you have the Spirit living in you, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation. The word literally means a debt to pay. And it's not necessarily financial, at least the way the Greek is worded. It's not a financial debt, but we owe something. Jesus has paid the price for our sin on the cross. And he has given us his Holy Spirit to dwell in us. There is an obligation we have. But Paul says it's not to the flesh to live according to it. Now, the flesh is that old way of living. It's, it's to live according to the law. It's all of those expectations and the do's and the don'ts. It's religion. Paul says it's, it's not about all of that. If we live that way, he says, you'll die. If you live according to the flesh, you'll die. But your obligation, what you owe to God, is to live differently, to live into the Holy Spirit. And if you do that, you will put to death the misdeeds of the body and you will live. And what he says there is to put to death the misdeeds of the body is the behaviors, the sinful acts, 
the things that you used to do before you came to know Christ. Paul says, you are to put those to death. The word is to mortify or to bury, literally. But what I find fascinating here is when he says to put to death, he uses a, a present tense in the Greek. And you say, well, I don't know what that means. That's all right. I barely know what it means. But it's not a one-time only. It's an ongoing work. So what Paul is saying is that when you live in the Spirit and you are relying on the Spirit, right, last week, and you are relying on the Spirit, there are times when you run up against something you used to do. It was a sinful behavior, an act, or a way of thinking that is not the Holy Spirit. It's just the way you used to be. And when you bump into those things, the Holy Spirit stops you and says, wait, it's the other way. And you put that to death, you bury that way, and you go, okay, God, I, I, I'm going to stop that, and I'm going to follow you. But it's not a one-time only. It's a every single day. It could be multiple times a day. When the Spirit is leading you, he just simply nudges you and says, oh, this is the old way. I don't want you to live this way. I want you to live the other way. And day after day, we have to bury those things. and We lean into the Spirit. So it's not a one-time only that we're going to get it right. This is something that should be comforting to us that we don't always get it right. That's okay. It's leaning into the spirit and allowing him to go, nope, let's put that to death. It's the other way. Does that make sense? Paul says this then. For those who are led by the spirit of God are the children of God. The word led is kind of this picture uh, to carry or to guide. It's a picture of a shepherd. For those of us who are led by the Holy Spirit, who are leaning in and listening to the Holy Spirit, know this, you are children of God. Now there's our identity. You are children of God. You don't belong to someone else. It's not someone else's expectations. It's who you are in Christ. It's who you are because God has made you his child. It says the spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. Paul uses this idea. He says, listen, this old way of living that you used to have of did I do the right thing? Am I measuring up? Am I being successful? Did I make the right choice, right? That's how the law worked. And in Romans chapter seven, Paul said, yeah, the law didn't work. That didn't make you right with God. It's not about getting all those things right. If you live that way, you're living in fear. And God didn't give you his spirit and make you his child to live in fear. No. He adopted you. It's not about slavery. It's about sonship. He adopted you into his family. You are a child of God and you belong to him. That is what gives us our superior identity. That's who we are. Everything else becomes less when we understand that and we lean in to that what i think is fascinating is that in the jewish tradition there is no such thing as adoption in jewish families they might take someone into their home but they are still a foreigner they don't belong oftentimes they were even considered to be a slave so they got to be there but they didn't have the same rights but in a roman culture 
to whom Paul is writing to the Gentiles, they had an understanding that we do today. That when you are adopted into a family, you have the same honor and the same equal share as everyone else in the family. You belong. I think it's fascinating. Paul says, listen, he's writing to a church that's mixed with Jews and Gentiles. And I think he's saying to the Jews, listen, you guys got to get this. You were missing this because you were in slavery to the law and to this old way of living. This is a new life that God has given us through Jesus Christ. You are adopted. You are a child of God and you belong to him. And that is why we get an opportunity to cry, Abba, Father. He uses two different words, one in Aramaic, Abba, which is this picture image, or it's, it's the idea of an uh, endearing and loving and intimate language that is used for your father. We, we might use the phrase daddy or papa. And the second, pater in the Greek, is simply father. And Paul says, listen, you are adopted, you are his child, and because of that, you have an intimacy with the heavenly father that is the same and listen to this, is the same as what Jesus had with the Heavenly Father. I think it's fascinating that Jesus used this very phrase when he was in the garden before his arrest. When he cried out to God, he said, Abba, Father, take this from me, but not my will, yours be done. It's the same phrase. He had an intimacy and a relationship with the Father that you and I get to have because we are children of God. How do we know this? Because the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. God's Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are his children. You say, well, I'm not really sure how all that works. Well, a couple of things. One, if you were in a court of law, something is considered to be true if you have two witnesses. And Paul here says, you've got the two. God's Spirit and your spirit. Both bear witness that you are his. And let me just say this. If you are leaning into the Holy Spirit, if you are relying on God fully and walking with the Holy Spirit, you will know because you will get those nudges during the day when the Holy Spirit says, hey, wait, the other way. Nope, nope, the other way. And you will find that even when he is correcting you, even when you feel like, oh, I might have goofed up, that's confirmation that there's something going on in here. It's God's spirit bearing witness with your spirit. You belong. You're his. He says, and if we are children, then we are also heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. He uses the word three times. And it means to receive an inheritance. And, and again, this is fascinating. In the Jewish culture, uh, the person who received the inheritance was the firstborn son. And only the firstborn son. They got everything the father had to offer. But in a Roman culture, whether you were adopted or a child, everyone got an equal share. And I wonder if Paul, because he uses the phrase multiple times, I wonder if he didn't have both in mind. Because you see, Jesus is the firstborn. He's the firstborn son. And he got everything the father had to offer. God's presence was with him. He had victory over sin. He had victory over the grave and death. He received new life, a resurrected life. 
He received a glorified body and he went to be with the Father in heaven forever. That's what he got. Everything the Father had to offer, he got. But Paul says, you and you and me, we are co-heirs with Christ. He's a, we're adopted into that family. And because we're adopted into that family, we get an equal share, which means everything that he got, you get. What he got, you get. You get victory over sin. He defeated it. You get victory over death. You don't have to fear that. You're going to have a resurrected body in a glorified state, and you're going to go to heaven, and you're going to live with him for all eternity. That's good news. That's why we call it the gospel. And when you and I grasp that, when we understand that we are children of God and we belong to him and we get everything that he has for us, those questions about what am I going to do, where am I going to go, how am I, where am I going to live, oh, th that's all secondary. That, bad grammar. That don't mean nothing. <laughs> right? We don't have to live in that fear of getting it wrong. We don't have to live in that fear of trying to measure up to other people's expectations or even our own. We belong to him. We are his. And we get everything he has to offer. Man, that's that completed life that I think Paul is talking to us about. Let me put it this way. People of the Spirit know who they are and they know whose they are. They know who they are. They are children of God, and they know whose they are. They belong to him and everything he has to offer us. Now, some of you know I have, a, I have a grandson. He's two and a half. I don't have a picture of him. I should. But he's two and a half, and uh, over Christmas, my wife decided that he should have a remote control car. I don't know why, but, uh, but so he has one. And so when he comes over, uh, he goes right downstairs, and he knows where it's at, and he goes and gets it, and he brings it over to me, and uh, it, it's one of those that only has the two buttons, so it goes forward, and then the other button goes back, but the car turns, so you can kind of drive it around a little bit. Well, he's two and a half, so we sit down, and I sit down on the couch with him, and uh, he's funny, because he wants to be like me, so I'll cross my leg one way, and he'll do that. And I give him the remote. He takes the remote and he, he moves it forward and then it hits the wall. And I'll go, no, the other way. And then he'll back it up and use the other button until it hits something else. And then I'll go the other way. And then we just, we just keep going until it finally hits something that uh, it won't move. It hits a rug, goes underneath one of the chairs. And he gets this terrible look on his face. And he's like, oh, no, Papa, Tuck. It's his way of saying it's stuck, but it's just for him, it's tuck. So tuck. And I'm like, all right. So we, we get up off the couch and we go over and we get the remote control car and we bring it back. And I set it down and I cross the other leg and I give him, I give him the remote and he does it again. And then he gets it tuck. Of course he does. It doesn't take long. He gets a tuck. And, uh, and then he turns and he goes, oh, Papa, Papa, again. Papa, again. Okay. So we get up off the couch, and we go, and we grab the car, and we bring it back, and we sit down. And I cross a leg, and I give him the remote. And then he does it. Other way. Other way. 
other way. Papa, tuck. Papa, again. Papa, again. Now, I don't know if you're tired, but let me just say, I don't ever get tired. I don't get tired because he, he's mine. He belongs to us. He's not afraid. He knows he might get stuck. But he knows I'm right there. Papa again. (laughs) I think what Paul is trying to say here is that when we have the Holy Spirit living in us and we know that we are children of God and we belong to him, those putting to death those deeds... And that leaning into him each day where the Holy Spirit says, other way. Okay, other way. And there are times we get tuck. And we just simply cry out, Abba, Father, again. Papa, again. And we start our day all over again. And we lean on the Holy Spirit. And we don't do so out of fear or condemnation. For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We just simply live into that new life, Papa, again. I don't know where you're at this morning, but I think some of you need to just simply re-up and go, Papa, again. I need to be reminded that I am your child, that I belong to you and everything you have to offer. God, I want to live into that every day. And there may be some of you who are here this morning who have never made that decision. You have no idea what it's like to have that freedom and that hope and that peace and that promise and the presence of God in your life every day. I don't know what is keeping you from making that decision to simply say yes and receiving all that God has for you. But man, I hope today is that day. People of the Spirit know who they are and they know whose they are. And we live into that. Let's pray. Father, we just ask even now that you would uh, that you'd move here again, Papa, again. That you would renew and refresh our relationship with you, that we would live into that resurrection life where we know that we are children of God, that we have all things that you offer us, and that identity and destiny is superior to all other things that we might be facing right now, Lord. Those things come secondary. Where are you going to live? Oh, that's a decision to make, but that doesn't change our position with you. What are we going to do? Oh, that's a decision to make, but it doesn't change our position. Lord, even if we get stuck, Lord, that is just something we will deal with, but we do so knowing our position with you. We are who you say we are, children of God. And so we cry out again, Abba, Father, again. Lord, if there are those today who would receive your love and forgiveness and your adoption into the family of God, I pray that they would just simply ask for your forgiveness, that they would trust that Jesus would come into their life and give them new life. And God, even now, as they are just crying out to you, 
that your spirit would bear witness with them even right now that yes, this is true. That yes, I am here for you. That yes, you are mine. God, do that, we pray. We ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. And we are gonna close with communion today. And as you came in, you received or should have received a cup. There are more out, out each door if you did not get the cup. There are two layers to it. The top layer is for the bread. The second layer to peel back is for the cup or for the juice. And I know you're getting ready and preparing that right now. Let me just say, you don't have to be a member of All Shores. You don't have to be a regular attender here. You don't have to be a part of any church. But we invite you to partake today if by faith you are leaning in and saying, God, I trust you with my life. I trust what Jesus has done for me. We want you to partake. This is an open table here. We're gonna worship before we partake of communion. So I'm gonna ask, even as you're getting prepared, I'm gonna ask you to stand as we worship together and then we will partake together. his disciples and he took the bread a bread without yeast representing no sin Jesus himself was without sin he blessed the bread and he broke it and he said this is my body given for you let us take and eat in remembrance of him taking the cup 
said, this is blood of a new covenant, not, not representing the Passover or the lamb that was slain, but his blood, my blood, shed for the forgiveness of your sins. And Jesus told his disciples, I will not partake of this again until I'm in glory. And God has given him that. And he's waiting for us. We are co-heirs with Christ. What he got, we get. And one day we will gather together with him and we will partake with him. Until then, we simply say, Papa, again, let us take and drink in remembrance. Father, would you bless these elements to our bodies, to our spirits, and remind us again of who we are in Christ. Give us the confidence to live into that. That each and every day we would be reminded of who we are and whose we are. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's continue to worship. Sing that verse again. Your own. 
decision to receive Christ today, man, we want to celebrate with you. The Gospels tell us in Luke that when one person comes to know Jesus Christ, that all of heaven rejoices. And we want to rejoice with you. But we would love to find out. You can do it a couple ways. If, you, if someone brought you today or you have a relationship with someone, would you just tell them? They can let us know. Maybe you want to talk to one of the staff members today and just let us know. You can also fill out the connection card and say, man, I made a decision for Jesus. But we want to walk with you. We want to help you along this journey to know what this life looks like, this expectant life, this resurrection life. I want to say happy Mother's Day again to all of you. And uh, we hope to see you next week. But why don't you hold out your hands and I'll give a blessing. And now may God the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ continue to fill you with his spirit. And may this week you hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit that you are his children. It might be a confirmation. It might be a conviction. Maybe it's the whisper of another way, other way pray this week that you would have the confidence to know whose you are and who you are in Christ. And it's in his name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.